I'm Christian Humes. And I'm John Paul Murphy. And you're listening to Watch World. And today we're going to talk about the fourth episode of the 11th series of Doctor Who. John, how do you feel about arachnids? Arachnids in the UK? Yeah, arachnids in the UK. Full title. Um, I I thought this was not a bad episode. It, it was a very Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, you know, industrialist, like, figure, you know, is like hiding something and trying and then like the the gang uncovers some corruption basically and has to stop the thing but there's actual monsters in this one yes there are but they're not space monsters and they're not like you know like normal doctor who monsters they're just mutant spiders your your favorite animal yeah actually it's interesting um every now and then there are things like this which happen where it's just like a random mutation or you know it's it's something that isn't necessarily aliens but it is the more rare occurrence yeah so it is typically like an alien of some kind yeah i think this one it 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 felt a little strange just but i did enjoy it as far as kind of a mystery a little bit of a horror back to like kind of the first episode which was like kind of a horror uh episode this one was definitely like a little bit of the shining almost in it too the hallways and the hotel and stuff so um, and I think these first four episodes to me felt like almost a singular storyline kind of when you kind of put them all together in that this, at the end of this episode, you really get the sense that, oh, everyone, they ha- kind of like officially joined the crew. Like everyone kind of officially is on board to go on more adventures. Whereas like the last two episodes have been like, oh, we accidentally shot ourselves into space and I just got to get you guys back home, you know? <laughs> So that so it kind of felt like the if you did like a feature film, you could take the the character journeys of these four first four episodes, and you could make the like the Doctor Who movie. Almost yeah, happening. that's very true. You know what? What's interesting, and I'm I'm looking at this season on IMDb. So we will now have spent the first out of the first four episodes, three of them are on Earth. Which again, I'd say it's closer to like a fifty fifty split with Doctor Who, or even less than that. It it feels more often like it's not taking place on earth the show so it's a a very heavy earth series right now but i think i do think they're leaning on just a level of familiarity because i do think that this is like a reintroduction of the series i think they're hoping to get a lot of new viewers so we're getting a very specific variety and type of episode right now which is probably smart and this episode was definitely the most um current eventy in the sense yeah Actually, that's something I meant to say right at the top because, gosh, that's something that is not strongly touched on in Doctor Who. Um, maybe they do like they do yeah. cultural touchstone style episodes, but they don't usually talk about anything political ever. But you know, and this goes back to a conversation we had on Zeitgeist once, which is like we'll stop talking about politics on that show when politics stop being pop culture. But like right now, politics are like the number one thing that anyone cares about. And it's just like it's bled into everything. Yeah, because a a, a tornado is running. Yeah, the world. it's it's bleeding into anything. You cannot escape it. Uh, I would love it to um, be boring and no one care about it again. <laughs> so the interesting they do in this. So there's this character that's in this in this episode called uh, Robertson, uh, played by Chris Noth, who is Mister Big in the uh, Sex and the City series. Um, and at first, like I thought, oh, this is the Trump stand-in. You know, he's this. That, that's what I thought at first. Yes. 
And then I was like, oh, there's like not actually Trump in this world. And this is like yeah. the Trump because he's this kind of billionaire real estate yeah. magnet guy. It's kind of an asshole. And they cast Mr. Big. And it's sort of like this very kind of, yeah, it's very Trumpy in the sense. But, but then, he is apparently a Trump stand in too at the same time. Yes. But then they also later on reference Trump as president and how he's trying to, this character is trying to run in 2020 against him. And he's right. like the Democratic Trump, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. I feel like if, if, very if this was, if they had, I guess they got him. They, like this would be like an Alec Baldwin type role. Yeah. <laughs> I oh my, that's actually who it reminded me of the whole time. Yeah. I kept thinking that to myself. I really think the only reason they even put that line about Trump in there is because maybe some people might not get it, so they just wanted to be very clear about what they were saying because they were like, no, we need to be, make sure we're calling this fucker out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Also, they maybe just don't want to quite, they wanted to state clearly that this is a show that exists within the realities of the world, like yes. the current world in a way, yes. like these things are happening. The, the real things in the world are happening, which then makes me wonder why didn't Doctor Who stop the Russians from interfering with our election? <laughs> <laughs> because Doctor Who tries not to do anything to time unless it has to be done or unless like there was an outside interference like that's still we're all humans you know but there's so many things that are you could count as outside influence of no i mean like alien influence like we're all humans. i mean who knows how much of our <laughs> like timeline is influenced by aliens yeah i guess you that's know? fair it seems very convenient that the tardis only picks certain t moments that are you know like, they have to save Rosa Parks from doing her thing. Yeah. Well, it's typically and, things that, if they're not changed. And also, like, it's not always about changing things in time. It's just, it's also sometimes just about, like, oh, someone needs to be saved here, like, helped. And so it goes there. It's like you're, it's weird. Yeah. It's I weird. mean, we kind of we kind of touched on this last week, but it's sort of like, you know, the Holocaust and World War II was such a cataclysmically awful thing to happen to humanity. Yeah. So how come that is okay to leave untouched well because but, because that is something humanity did to themselves again like there wasn't a time traveler that went and did that and there wasn't an alien that i went know and did but that. so it's like doctor who allows civil yeah but we're we're one of like billions of civilizations in the doctor who universe doctor who's not like protecting all of, like doctor who's just there to say like hey like she i will seems kind of invested in humans though yeah the way she's kind of hanging around and cleaning up our messes Mm, to an extent yeah yeah but um okay, well, i guess is that would make too big of a ripple to time i, I also they just don't want to get into it yeah. i think they just it's just too big yeah it's too big <laughs> um so okay so yeah mr biggs in this so i guess robertson's his name um you know they they doc the doctor basically brings the companions home um we see we meet uh yaz's family yeah, this reminded me a lot of um, one of my favorite companions, the Doctor Who, was Martha. And Martha, she was only on for like a season. And she was cool because she like really had it together. She, I believe, was a doctor. She was like an actual doctor. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then she went along with, this was with David Tennant's doctor. And uh, by the end of it, like she was like, you know, like I actually want more for my life. Like your life is too chaotic. And, like, ended up leaving the Doctor after a season and being, like, I need to kind of do my own thing. And then, like, going back to her family. But there were things, like, where, like, she had to, like, try and, like, 
manage like why she isn't around as much and like where has she been and like make sure like she had to protect her family once it was very similar in that vein mm. interesting yeah i thought i i liked yaz's family I, her sister has an in- interesting thing where you know she asked ryan's like basically are you are you snogging with my sister <laughs> and um he's like no later though i did feel like i did get the sense that there is a budding relationship between Yaz and the doctor. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So I felt their scene showed that they don't seem like they have that interest in each other. But there are also hints that possibly that could be a thing, too. Because it's like, oh, we lived right near each other. And like we passed by each other every day and never realized it. So it's very possible that they could end up together. Um, but the thing with the doctor and Yaz, when she was just like, are you two together? And she was like, no. Or I don't know. Are we? <laughs> yeah, it's. It seems like the way that they, they, it seems like Yaz lights up a little bit when she's talking yeah. to the doctor yeah. or like they, they have, I think they have more of a deeper connection. Whereas I think, I mean, obviously like she could be bisexual or like, you know, not like she has to go yeah. one way or the she other. She could be fluid. Um, yeah. And it's just like, but maybe they're, they're sort of presenting the more stereotype, like the more typical sort of setup of a relationship between like the young guy and the young girl. Uh, and, yeah. It, it's you know, and uh, and I'm the reason I'm talking about some of the old doctors right now is to fill you in, and I think it's relevant to consider what has happened with past companions in relationship to what these could look like. There was a period of time where there were two companions with the doctor during Matt Smith's run, um, and it was a man and a woman, and they end up getting together. Uh, but she also had a crush on the doctor, so there was this sort of like weird kind of three way thing. Uh, the doctor has had romantic or semi romantic relationships with his companions or just like very close like family-esque friendship like levels of relationships with his companions um the doctor actually ends up getting like cloned almost like there ends up being a second version of the doctor early on with david Tennant, and he gets trapped in a literally a parallel universe uh and his original companion rose and his clone that goes to the parallel universe because they actually can't have both doctors in the same universe like it was just fucking with time so they went and lived in the... They, like, basically get stuck and trapped in the other universe. <laughs> wow. So, like, she actually is with the Doctor, like, romantically in that universe. In a different yeah, universe. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's like, alternate reality Earth. It's, like, just, like, a parallel universe. <laughs> it's really crazy. Wow. Um, a lot of crazy things have happened with the Doctor over time. Yeah, I have a sense that any possibility has been yes. covered to at least, you know, going back 50 years. How did you feel about um, the 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 visions of Nan? I thought that was like kind of sweet, especially when Graham was smelling her sweater. Yeah, they. I think it was good to bring her back again. Like I, that's why I kind of felt that it felt like this, you know, four episode arc in the sense. Yeah, kind of bringing some type of closure because by the time you get to the end of this episode, you feel like Graham, Ryan, and Yaz have like are kind of have changed in a way yes and it's sort of like they completed one sort of arc and now like they're ready to like you know go on the next like they're like now that they've sort of seen the secrets of the universe and like there's more to their world they want more but they first kind of had to sort of deal with some character sort of you know personal issues yeah i mean if we're jumping towards the end when they go with the doctor there if you're talking about like the character growth i think this is the important step to the final arc of launching this new series i feel like this is the missing piece because typically this is more all in the first episode and yeah they really like brought all the the big parts 
of what was the long running thing of Doctor Who into like they broke it up into chunks because they are really treating this as a new viewership, uh, which is, I think, very smart because there are probably a lot of new viewers like yourself. And what I'm talking about here specifically is there was a missing level kind of of consent for the companions where they were thrown into it at the beginning and then they got trapped into it by trying to help the doctor, but they none of them had planned on going along with the doctor on this journey. And that's typically where the whole like bigger on the inside, like, hey, like I'm going to invite you across the universe. And they actually like were the ones to even ask. They were like, actually, can we come? Like they, and, and yeah. that's such an important step because now going forward, anything that happens, it's like they're all in on it together. Yeah, it's not quite like the doctor messed something up and then it's like, oh, I might get, like, I might get these companions hurt, but they didn't really want to be here. So. Yeah. <laughs> or they were going to. Well, because yeah, exactly, like the doctor had to be responsible for them and now they're all responsible for each other. So now going forward, you have this like actual team of people that are all like confiding in each other. So I'm just very excited now with the way this ended as the setup for the next episode. Next week's episode, I'm very excited about. Um, it reminds me a bit of um, in Skyfall with James Bond and how that ends. Cause like Skyfall kind of yes. is the, is like the third chapter in this sort of three chapter character piece that ends with him sort of getting the mission from M and it's like, Oh, now we're like really kind of starting on the, the sort of formula of him going off on these missions. Right. Of course they like completely fuck it up in the next movie, but um <laughs> You know, but at least it's like that's what this kind of reminded me of. So hopefully they don't yeah. specter it up in this uh, the show. <laughs> um, let's let's talk a little bit about the actual episode story now. The uh, I don't know if we really need to go through it bit bit by bit, but I think the opening was really interesting with the way that they opened on sort of the shadow government like figure. Because at the beginning, I felt like was this the prime minister or someone? Like what's happening here? Because it felt much more government than it felt bureaucratic. It was interesting like, because like, it was like, like a mix business. of also British and American yes. characters. So yes. I was like, okay, wait. So it's like, like I definitely got the sense in the beginning with Chris, Chris North, it was like, or Chris North, it was like, oh, he's kind of like this, you know, and like the way he's kind of going off on like the Yaz's mom and like the other, the other lady. And it's just kind of like, okay, he's this business person that has political ambitions, but he's in the UK and... So it's like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? So it was kind of, yeah, it was a little bit confusing as to what they were like setting up here. But um, And then with the girl, like that one person that's like, oh, I'll fix this issue for you. After all, I'm your niece's wife, you know, which I thought was an interesting uh, addition there. You know, like, a, it's like, oh, he's got like a, you know, a gay niece that has a, has a you know, has a wife. I don't know. It's just, it was, yeah. It was, it was interesting. It's just fun that they, they, it's a show that doesn't shy away from just having uh characters of different backgrounds yeah i know they're very diverse yes. so far it's good it's very... a show that offers representation to people that are always asking for it like they shouldn't have to so it's like doctor who's very good at doing that uh also especially smart right now like with this being the first woman doctor for them to be focused on that you know yeah it's kind of like might as well like you've you're opening the door like with the main character for like a lot of change and variation and right. diversity might as well just have every you know do as much as you can and i think it's just so interesting to see that now since it's it, it feels new and it feels different but it's it's a good thing to have um, yeah it's great it's just like you're not you're kind of not used to like seeing that sometimes like either and they won't either they won't even bring it up and so it's interesting they put that as a plot point even though it doesn't really pay off because that character basically dies half yeah just gone so. yeah <laughs> she's just fodder i have to tell you so i i have a lot of problems with uh spiders 
Uh, I hate the spider scene in the Harry Potter movie, which we've discussed before on Watch World. I hate the movie Arachnophobia, and uh, this was was no true. About eight, eight-legged freaks. Never saw that yeah. one, but it was probably okay. too cartoony looking to freak me out. That being said, there were scenes in this that I found very scary. Others that didn't bother me because it was so ludicrous that it was fine. Most everything that happens in the building. I was fine with because the spiders were too large and the stakes were too big and it was too silly that I was okay with it. Minus a couple of scenes, like when a lot of them were crawling at them on the ceiling and oh, yeah. like when they were looking for it and it was like, have you looked up? I was like, Oh God, don't look up. Don't look up. <laughs> like those parts I didn't like when they first found the woman uh, in her apartment covered in cobwebs yeah. and they didn't know where the spider was and they were looking for it. And the, the spider it was like just big enough that it's like, maybe there's like a level of plausibility. You could get a spider this big. But like yeah. it's, it wasn't cartoony, and the special effects were good enough to sell me on it. And so that I would say spider they, was the worst. For as like sort of the way they did about it, it, looked, it could have looked really bad. But they surprisingly did, I think, a pretty good job with the the CG like effects of the spiders because they don't ever do practical in this episode. With anything, it's yeah. all CG. Television so. CG has come a long way. Definitely has. It has come a long way. Because I'll tell you what. One thing about old Doctor Who is how campy and ridiculous the special effects used to be. This is the best anything has ever looked. <laughs> Everything you say, like you really had to just be like, well, you have to use your imagination. <laughs> I think it's because just the the way the technology has gotten, it's like the lighting can match yes. so much better. Yes. It looked fuzzy. It just looked like a big tar- like tarantula. They didn't do anything yeah. weird with it, you know? Yeah, the lighting and textures have gotten so good yeah. that you can just it can kind of fit in there really easily. And so as long as you like frame it right and it's placed right, it's you know not bad. There was a couple of shots, especially at the end where Graham and Ryan are running for the big one. It looked a little ridiculous. Uh, yes, yes, um, and that's also a scale but, problem. Yeah, right. It's just it's just hard to do that sometimes, yeah. especially if you don't have a a physical thing to like actually frame it off of. Man, speaking of big spiders, I got to say, I love how science accurate this was using, first of all, Doctor Who continuing to find non-lethal ways to solve the problems in this episode. I really enjoyed at the beginning getting like, what was it, garlic and ginger or something that the spider doesn't like? Yeah, to stop it, yeah. That was brilliant. (laughs) It was brilliant. And then, but then it kind of, again, it ends on like Trump basically shooting the big spider. (laughs) but, But okay, but see, that's another instance where... He didn't. The guy didn't need to do that because that was the other science point I had. They talked about how the spindles. Um, it was it was dying anyway. Yeah, because because a... like so like insects, arachnids, they don't have a respiratory system. So if you're unaware yep. of how the science of bugs work, they all have exoskeletons, and on them they have these little sort of holes and openings that take in oxygen. So they actually breathe through their bodies. Uh, so it's so big that it requires too much oxygen that it's the way that they take in air. It's yeah. just, it couldn't. There, there's, yeah, there's basically no physical possible way that insects could get that large or even like, even as large as like a cat or a dog to like, and actually survive. Uh, yeah, correct. Not, not in today's time. Like there were insects that big. A very, very long time ago, but the oxygen levels on the Earth were much, much higher because there were moths that had like, uh, sorry, not moths. There were like uh, mosquitoes that had like almost six foot wingspans, Um, but the oxygen levels were significantly higher, which is basically why modern insects are small because they literally couldn't survive. I would definitely say 
your your fear of spiders equals my fear of mosquitoes. Mm. You don't like Zika? Measles? Uh, in, ad- in addition to the diseases I carry, I think when I was like really early on, like really young, I was at like a video store. Yeah. And I saw the back of like one of those like alien movies. And it was like one where like it was like an offshoot one where it was a mosquito alien. And oh, it like terrified me. I feel like I've yeah. seen that image. Have you, I take it you've never seen the super close up uh, video of, of a mosquito sucking someone's blood? No. Don't. Well, maybe I have. Don't. It's pretty. It's pretty recent because of the quality of the camera lenses. Uh, at least this one that I saw. It is wild and fucked up to see like the the little sort of proboscisy like needle tongue thing come out and it like pierces the person's skin. It's no yeah. good. It just gets up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just and then like I think just in general when I if if I'm like in a room and I know a spider's in there I'm like okay they're not like gonna be they're not gonna like fuck with me but a mosquito I like am paranoid as fuck because if like if I just kind of late if I fall asleep it's gonna like land on my face and suck me but I don't know why you believe that a spider will bite your ass no it won't like or it might but it's not like going to it's not gonna do damage like a way a mosquito will <laughs> let's just say that I'm no, gonna spider black widow Wreck shop, but black widows don't really go like crawling inside like homes to like bite people. They just want to like stay yeah. in their like you know dark hole somewhere and make babies. And <laughs> you know, this episode I felt had a couple of tropes that just drive me insane, and it they make sense because people like the greatest failing of all humans is communication, right? Yeah, <laughs> if people could figure out how to talk to one another, the world would just work better. Uh, I say that knowing that I, I, I still fail at that constantly with everyone on a daily basis. We all do. And so, like, when they meet this woman at the beginning who's like, oh, I was just worried about her because I didn't see her in a couple of days. Not, I was worried about her because, like, we work with these deadly spiders and <laughs> there's been giant ones. <laughs> yeah, but I think Doctor Who picks up on it really quickly about... Correct, but, like, it would have been nice before they went yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know? if... The thing is, though, I think if she probably didn't know yet exactly she didn't want to be like well i and she just want to go around telling strangers like i think there's a giant fucking spider in in that apartment i understand that but also if you're worried about someone's life (laughs) (laughs) she could have just been killed by a normal human who knows that's fair that's fair doctor who was so excited to use her sonic screwdriver in that scene yeah it was she's like you want me to open it i can open it she was so excited she didn't they didn't even show us opening (laughs) it was like just a shot of her just using it and then it just cuts the door open. <laughs> um, I did like, though, how Robertson, the Trump character, um, he like, I like how they set him up with his like, it's now time for my bathroom break, you know, and then like he goes in his little bathroom break and that's where he gets attacked by a giant spider through the tub. Um, I like how he <laughs> kind came of came up through the tub. <laughs> yeah, smashes of the tub. It just basically burrowed a hole through the ground. And then he sends his bodyguard in there to take care of it. <laughs> like uses them as fodder he closes the door on the poor guy <laughs> yeah uh i did like then and then i did but i enjoy him later when he you know you think that kind of character would have no respect for these people but he goes and goes he he refers to her as the doctor he just accepts that she's the doctor he's like well listen doctor <laughs> no 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 so so this was this was a really fun thing, and they didn't explain it. This is the one thing that they introduced for the first time in this series, but they didn't explain it to new viewers. Maybe they will at the future. Um, Doctor Who held something up and said, like, I'm the whatever Doctor of Inspection things, right? 
Yeah. This is the only one other tool the doctor has, and it's the coolest tool. It's called psychic paper, and she holds it up and just says, like, whatever thing. And they believe Or her. she'll hold it up and be like, uh, excuse me, I'm this, and she'll hold it up. And whatever the person needs to see to give the doctor authority, that's what the paper will appear as to them. So it's just like, oh, I am the, like, CIA agent, or I am the, like, it will, their minds will see whatever thing they think it needs to say for that authority to be given to them. It's such, it's like a get out of jail free, like. It's basically the Doctor Who version of like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Yes, yes. Carry along now. Yes, and just like that, it doesn't work on everyone. If someone is like way too smart, they're just like, "Mm, this looks like bullshit. Sort of. I just thought like him dealing with all these spiders, he just came to like, I'm just going to accept this person. It's called the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's it's it's one of my favorite tools of the doctor because it doesn't always work or it's just funny when it does. And it it explains also it gives the show a way for the doctor to get into these crazy scenarios because the doctor's like, oh, this thing's happening high up. But how do I get into this room with these people? They don't know who I am. So I just need to be like, "Uh, excuse me, I'm the inspector of health and human services. Oh, okay, well, come in, come in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like basically we have these two ideas that merge where Robertson and his hotels chain i guess his like luxury hotels have been building on top of um i guess cheap land you know old coal mines dumpsting yeah land <laughs> yeah landfills like yeah it mines mines that he was using as it was coal mines that he then used his like garbage dumping company to fill yeah. up like and then landfills. that sort of converges with the the scientist lady who's doing you know genetics on spiders and then I guess they were just dumping the carcasses. <laughs> and then they, I guess, mutate in this dumpster landfill and these coal mines underneath this hotel and start rising up. Oh, yeah. She uses his garbage company. Yes, to discard the, the samples. To, but they are clearly not doing anything with medical waste the way they're supposed to. They're just dumping everything <laughs> together. Yeah, that's why <laughs> it, it's very politically current. There's a lot of current events things going on here. Yeah, it's very like kind of like a Scooby Doo. It's very much about the well, environment, sort of uncovering. Yeah, oh, like yeah. this is what really is going on. It's like this sort of you know. <laughs> uh. I'm actually glad that if they were going to do something like that, they also did it with such a ridiculous thing as giant spiders because they made the whole premise so silly that you can kind of buy into it and it makes it okay. Whereas they didn't, I don't think they really uh, went too hard or serious on anything. So it was just like fine. It was like okay. Like I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I mean with it's this. A, it's a really good allegory for just the current climate sort of problem in the sense that you know, yeah, it's not like the Earth is going to die in the way that we think it's going to die if we continue on the path where it's going to fight back violently. And in this, at you know, case, it's mutated spiders are going to come up out of the ground and eat you. But it's probably going to be floods, hurricanes. You know, violent weather, rising tides. It's going to be a lot of things that are going to cause some mass kind of creep in a sense that's going to change our world. So, you know, you say this and it just makes me think about how in like the late 90s, early 2000s, there are so many environmental disaster movies. And now that we're actually headed towards real environmental disaster, none are to be found. It's like people aren't afraid of it anymore. He, we're like numb to it. At the time in which, <laughs> at the time in which we should most be afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, it's welcome to humanity. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, I mean, overall, I actually think it's a pretty good episode. Um, I just, I hate spiders. Yeah. But it was still enjoyable. I Again, I think it's, 
if you look at it from a four part movie in a way, yeah, um, it's I think it's a good it's a good part of it. I think so far, like looking about the four of them, all of them have good moments. I don't. It's really hard to kind of pick which one is the best or like which one's my favorite of all of them. Um, probably the first one, I think, just because. I think it sets up a lot of things, but I don't know. I think it's, there's a lot to like in this one too. And I think it's sort of now that Graham, Ryan, Yaz have kind of gone from, oh, we're stuck here and we got to get home to we're on board now, we're on this adventure. It'll be interesting to see Correct. how the momentum of the show is carried. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited for the next one. Um, and, you know, there's 11 episodes this season. So this really is sort of like right at the end of what would be the first act of yeah. the season. You know, if the season has, you know, sort of a three-act structure. The next one is called the Saranga Conundrum. And uh, I was looking at the synopsis. I saw the trailer for it. It made me very excited. Injured and stranded in the wilds of a far-flung galaxy, the Doctor, Yaz, Graham, and Ryan must band together with a group of strangers to survive against one of the universe's most deadly and unusual creatures. Doctor Who loves to do, like, Monster of the Week stuff. And they make their monsters and aliens so different a lot of the time. That it's so much fun because you're just like, what is this crazy weird thing that they came up with that has this very strange like rule system? Um, whenever it's something where they get stranded to, it's always good. So I'm very excited about it. It made me think about uh, John. I might every now and then start just telling you old episodes that maybe you should okay. watch, like little like just like top t- top ten episodes sort of a thing. And uh, if you find the time. And for anyone, if this is there first, this is I'm gonna do this for the for the rest of the season of Doctor Who on uh, Watch World. I'm gonna give a recommendation of an old episode uh, for people to watch if they're new to the series. I recommend you watch Midnight. It's uh, the tenth episode of the fourth season of Doctor Who, so this is the last season okay. of David Tennant. Um, and uh, you don't really need to know anything because I don't even know, think his companions really in this one. I think it's mostly just him. And it's this is the first episode of Doctor Who I ever saw. I just happened to watch it on TV. It was just like on, and I was watching it, and it was very made me feel like the Twilight. It's like zone. a bottle episode. Uh, it's like Doctor Who, yeah, Doctor Who's on a bus, like on a, like a touring bus in mm. space, and there's there's a monster on the bus, and no one understands it, and it's really creepy. And I was like, what is this show? <laughs> I was like, I gotta watch right. this show. This is weird. Mm. Um, so it's called Midnight. So that's my recommendation for people if they wanna watch an old episode go check that one out john if people would like to follow up with you uh if they want something else to watch a little bit longer they have young children they should watch gnome alone yep on netflix and uh what else can they do uh you can listen to us on the zeitheist podcast and also the wishboning podcast uh or follow me on twitter or instagram at johnny b good in la and you can follow me at christian underscore humes you can see me on those shows as well as unranked podcast and uh until next time john you're not authorized to go in here dude i have all the authorization i ever need (laughs) 